on this episode of Comedy Rewind. How does The Truman Show echo Jim Carrey's real-life experience in Hollywood? How ahead of its time were the themes of reality TV, surveillance and privacy? What kind of lawsuit are these people facing when Truman finally breaks free? All of this and more on Comedy Rewind. 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 Push Rewind. I thought this was a comedy show. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Comedy Rewind. We are powered by Audio Technica and Manscapes as we rewatch the great comedies of the 1990s. I'm your host, John O'Peck, and joining me, the world is watching us here in his home studio. It's DJ Payne. How you doing? How are you, sire? Yeah, very good. Uh, I, you know, I've got all the lines here ready to go from the Truman Show, you know, okay. to be able to say at the beginning. But I'm not going to do any of that. I'm just going to be very thankful that this is my uh, my third entry into the wonderful world that is Comedy Rewind. I save all the juicy ones for you too, don't I? I I feel so <laughs> blessed. I mean, the first one we had the Big Lebowski. Yeah. The second one was Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day, which was absolutely There's phenomenal. Always all these layers of philosophy to dig out yeah. in each of these things. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and now you've brought me one of my all-time favorites and, you know, so much to be said about it. Truman Show. So good. So good. I love this movie. I've always liked this movie and I think it gets better and better and better. Yeah. As yeah. time goes on. Yeah, some parts of it do. Mm. I guess <laughs> I think that it, it might be almost overstated how influential or not influential but how like prophetic it is because there's parts of it where i go actually it's not quite what people make it out to be but yes. we'll get into that as, yeah as yeah we get yeah exactly it. um i guess first of all what are your personal memories with uh, the truman show well i was it came out in australia late 98 have i got that Septem- right september yeah. yeah september 98 um so I was living and working in Geelong as a single guy in my uh, what was it? what what was that late late twenties yeah I was late twenties and I was I, I went and saw this film at the Village Cinema in Geelong mm-hmm. uh, and I think I ended up seeing it a couple of times okay because it was you know so so good and it's from I need to say it right from the beginning it's one of my favourite directors of all time peter weir the australian legend and uh he's one of my all-time favorite directors and you know the fact that he was working with jim carrey it was it had a lot of hype around it when the movie came out Mm. i mean jim carrey's star was had ascended it wasn't ascending it had ascended he was up there i think he'd just done liar liar and what was what else cable guy guy. and i really like obviously after those huge movies in like the 94 yeah yeah well so he was ace ventura the mask dumb and dumber batman forever ace ventura when nature calls cable guy liar liar and then the truman show so the truman show was a real departure for him, for Jim, big time, and and also partnering with this legendary director Peter Weir, I was so excited, and I think I think the excitement for me when I saw it made me have to go see it again. Mm. You know, let it let it distill and go watch it again. That's my memory of it from yeah. back then. Did you head into it thinking Jim Carrey's going to ruin this? Because I feel like there would have been people at the time that thought, this is a guy, this is the mask, this is Ace Ventura, what's he doing in this movie? Look, okay, you've brought up, you've brought up something that we can get into straight from the, uh, from the, (laughs) from the get go, which I like. I've got a, I've got a love hate relationship with Jim Carrey, Mm. you know, big time. And I've had it right from the beginning. You know, I I used to uh, stay up late uh, at night 
on random television channels and VHS trying to pro- program VHS tapes to tape in living color. I didn't even realize it was on here. Yeah, it, yeah. it was. It was in living color back then, and I loved in living color. You know, someone who you know this suburban white kid who loved hip hop culture. Mm. You know, in the eighties and nineties, I loved in living color. And Jim Carrey was like this. He was the bizarre white dude mm. on In Living Colour, you know, and this weird Canadian. And he was a bit of a, you know, really avant-garde, weird, weird, funny fella. And then all of a sudden, within a couple of films, he, he became the biggest thing since sliced bread. I hated Ace Ventura, hated <laughs> The Mask, but I loved and saw multiple times in the cinema Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. Uh, to this day, I think Dumb and Dumber is one of the greatest comedy films of all time. The original one, the very first one. It's my favorite. I think it's my favorite comedy ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like probably that. the best '90s comedy. You know, it's at mm. least it's way up there. As far as far as laugh out loud over and over and over again. Yeah. You know, and Jim Carrey is just priceless, priceless in that. I really like the Cable Guy as well. I think he's made some other you know really good films. I, I think I like him when he's more dramatic. Uh, I mean, you know, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. You know, come on, one of the one of the one of my yeah. favorite films of all time. But him as a human being, and watching him as he's gotten older and crazier and more and more deranged in his in his real life. You know, no offense, Jim Carrey fans. There's a love hate relationship yeah. with him. What do you, you know? think about what, what's happening with him lately? Like, no. does, does that make him more endearing? Or no, because you know, no, no, because I feel like he's. I just don't understand what's going on, and we'll we will get into that because it kind of relates to what happens to Truman in this yes. movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's... But uh, I feel like he's had enough of some of the stuff that happens in Hollywood, and it's like messed with his head. A oh, bit. He, he, I think he's been messed up from the very beginning. To be honest with you, don't forget he went from this into Man on the Moon, mm-hmm. which is the um, Andy Kaufman. Very yeah, the Andy Kaufman biopic, and they've just released you know just a couple of years ago they released the behind the scenes documentary about the making of that film, and the reason why they didn't put it out like for thirty years or whatever <laughs> is because Jim Carrey is one of the most horrible people in Hollywood. That's just the stat. That's one of the reasons why the the or that he doc- was during filming that at least. Uh, I, don't, I, 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 don't, I, I haven't like. <laughs> he's not. He hasn't got a reputation like Chevy Chase. No, or no, no. But he look. He's. I, I've got I've got a lot of issues with yeah. him. I don't like his politics. I don't like his worldview. I don't like his uh, view on family relationships. You name anything okay. that's important to me, <laughs> I, I he comes at it from completely the opposite. Yeah. I think he's one of the most self obsessed, narcissistic human beings ever. He's, a, he's an anti vaxxer isn't he? He's anti. Look, I don't. Look, I don't. I don't know. I, I really tuned I know out. His, his missus, like Jenny McCarthy, was like the leader of that yeah. movement. But yeah. yeah, anyway. And he's been invo- involved in some really horrible stuff with you know cheating on people, you know women. And there's a horrible backstory to him. And all these different stories around Jimmy Carrey just makes me go. I don't think I'd like him at all. Though, when he's at the top of his game in acting, he I think he's second to none. Mm. What he's able to pull out in the performances, both in the Truman Show and yeah. something like you know Eternal Sunshine, phenomenal. Yeah, this is a movie for me that is that gateway drug into his dramatic career yeah, yeah. because it's it's a comedy. We're yeah. talking about it on a comedy rewind podcast. Yeah, <laughs> but there's these glimpses, and it, it, it's more than just glimpses. Like I think Dumb and Dumber had a glimpse of dra- dramatic 
capabilities yes. in one of those early scenes. Yes. Listen to episode two of this podcast for my <laughs> thoughts on that. But so there was a glimpse there and then this is, okay, let's see what you can do. Yeah. And he really does it. And he's funny because he's Jim Carrey. Yeah. But he's not trying to be funny. He's not making stupid faces and doing stupid noises and yeah. <laughs> the it's, usual it, shtick. It's, it's, it was such a, it's such an interesting choice and it shows you how... What a genius Peter Weir is as a director, that right from the beginning, as Peter Weir was tagged, and and you know you've probably read all the the mm-hmm. material. There was multiple directors lined up to be able to do it, and there was multiple, um, you know, there was multiple iterations of the film and all that type of stuff. And once Peter Peter Weir was was attached, his first pick was Jim Carrey mm. because he really loved Ace Ventura. Yeah, which is bizarre. Which is so bizarre. It's like, what did you see yeah. in Ace Ventura that you thought this would be great for Truman? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so you know, so and he loved him so much, so for the role that they were willing to put the film, the the production of the film on hold for about mm. two years but until he was ready to be able to get involved in the production. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's interesting that after this, which we'll get into a bit later too, he did start to do these more dramatic movies. I think. You mentioned Eternal Sunshine. For me, that was his peak, like in in drama. And yeah. I just wonder why he's never been able to get back to that. And yeah. I just think he has a hard time picking the right films. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's look. I don't know where Jim carries at these days as far as what roles and stuff. Look, I have enjoyed what he's brought to. The television show he's doing at the moment, kidding. yeah, kidding. I really like that too. Yeah, th- it's, it's with Michelle Gondry again. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, you know, I, I I love Michelle. I love his work. I love what they've done on Eternal Sunshine. I don't, but the reason why I like what he's doing in Kidding is because I really am repulsed by that character that he's playing, <laughs> like I'm repulsed by Jim Carrey. Oh, so there's a level there that I think they're playing with his persona on that television show as well. That's such a wholesome character. <laughs> I keep you repulsed by it. Uh, anyway, uh, so the, my memory of this, as well as what I said before, was seeing the iconic poster yes. with the many, many composite images of his face, like clips from the film that was put together by an artist. Yeah. And, and did you hear how much that cost the first time they did that? Uh, 75 grand. <laughs> and n- now I feel like. Having like I remember seeing that at, at, in a, a big like cutout of it at the cinema, being like, "Wow, that's cool." Yeah. And now I'm I'm like I'm pretty sure you could just color grade it to fit or put a picture on top of it and turn yeah. the like the transparency down. Exactly, like <laughs> exactly. There's there's multiple. I remember this this was the beginning around that era when, um, you know, there was multiple Star Wars posters everywhere. There was a Yoda that everybody had for a while made up of all mm. the different scenes of Yoda from the Star Wars films. You know yeah. those making pictures from multiple pictures, but I think this was an actual artist doing it by by yeah, sight. Yeah. I don't know. It's if he did that by like manually, <laughs> then good on him. He, he earned every he earned, he earned 75, seventy-five grand. grand. <laughs> um, yeah. So this is a movie that you know, similar to Groundhog Day that we did last time I was here. Mm. It's been analyzed as like a thesis yes. on like religion and Christianity and meta philosophy and existentialism. Yeah. Um, there's some great themes about like simulated reality, surveillance, privacy, obviously, and the biggest one probably reality television. Because mm. even though there were probably some you know hidden camera shows that had existed, 
reality TV as we know it wasn't a term. Did you have any sense when you watched this that this was something that could become a thing? Because the people involved in it certainly didn't sound like they were and they're yeah. as surprised as anyone that it seemed to be as prophetic as it has been. Well, at that at that time, um, you know, we were aware of, uh, you know, there was the real world from MTV, which was like 92, 93, 94, around there. Then around about 95, we had the Big Brother, you know, you know, the whole Big Brother television wave happened. Yeah, sure. I didn't realise that started that early. It, it's didn't, a, it's, it didn't hit Australia till like 2000. I think it was, I think it might have been, really? Yeah. You sure? Yeah, because I was in high school. And you remember yeah. when it came yeah, out? I I, well, I could be telling lies. I've got a feeling like Big Brother somewhere was... You know that that type of reality television show. Like when we thought, the reason why I say mm. that, like both the real, t- you know, the real, real world. real world, and Big Brother, their idea of reality television programs is very different to what we think of reality television yes. programs now. It was more about putting strangers in a house or putting strangers in a scenario and filming them with hidden cameras. Though that they're aware that there's cameras mm. there, that was the idea of, of of this. So this was sort of playing on that type of idea of reality television, to a different extent. Like what happens if you were doing that type of idea, but the, we own the child in it, and it's you know that type of thing. So yeah, it was. So to answer your question, I I was aware of it. I was much more interested, to be honest with you, with the metaphors around philosophy, religion, worldview. Mm. And, you know, identity and all that type of stuff than I was on like, and even watching it again now um, and having my boys watch it and my wife who had never seen it before. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Benita had never seen it before. And my three boys who were, you know, 16, 14 and 12, none of them had seen it before. So we ended, I ended up watching it a few times with, with them, you know, them sort of separately. Uh, they all loved it. They were all blown away. But the reality television aspect of it was sort of like, a bit goofy to them, mm. you know. Live, you know, living in twenty twenty, all these years later. So, they were much more interested in why he was doing what he was doing, how he worked it out, all that type of sure. stuff. It's in, it is interesting. I think Jim Carrey has even mentioned it in an interview I read, where it was this show where he was forced to be part of it without knowing, and now it's the opposite where people are trying to make themselves yeah. reality stars or yeah. social media stars by exactly. putting the camera in front of their own face. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's a, a kind of an interesting contrast. It is. And that's why I think, uh, I don't know, like I've seen a lot of both articles, YouTube videos and reviews on The Truman Show, like people reviewing it now in the last five years. Mm-hmm. And they all want to talk about that aspect, social media and people wanting to live vlog their life and the Casey Neistats and everything like that. Watch out, watch my great life. That's why I sort of think, and I go, this is my personal take. I think you're forcing, I don't think the Truman Show was some sort of prophecy of what of what's to come because that's not what mm. has happened. It's been the opposite of that, yeah. if anything. So <laughs> um, I, I'd sort of go... I understand what they were saying about reality television at the time, mm. though the script was sort of written, it you know, in a time where it sort of wasn't really trying to make a commentary about that. Yeah. So I, I think where it's prophetic is that the fact that it's the biggest show in the world. Yes. And now 
it turns out people are willing to just watch people live their lives yeah. and do whatever. We're like, up to season 4,000 of, of the Kardashians, yeah, you know? Exactly. And like they're a rich and famous family. So there's a bit of, um, you know, that factor to it as well. People yes. want to see what it's like. But you look at people like YouTubers, people on Twitch, and they're just sharing their life. Like you yourself ha- do yep. like these Instagram live, streams, live yeah. videos and yep, everything. So. Yep. Um, part of the problem. Uh, <laughs> well, but that's, well, that's you know it. what I mean? Well, that's what I, I think. That's where I'm saying that I think it's actually the opposite of what the Truman Show was, was sort of saying that, you know, reality television, you know, in their mind, this reality TV world had to be something that was orchestrated and, mm. you know, a small country dedicated to it and all this type of stuff. When, when reality, people are much more interested in the authentic someone sharing with no budget you know that you know so i don't know that's why i'm sort of that's for me though we're having an interesting discussion about it now i hope uh (laughs) that's the least most interesting thing about the truman show is is this is this discussion about reality tv and people wanting to stream their lives because i don't think the truman show is really about that to be honest with you i think one of the other parts where it was advanced is the concept that it's possible to film everything yes and it's like well we literally have cameras everywhere yeah Yeah. not only that but there's cameras in in space that can you know check the number plate on your car yeah exactly yeah yeah the microscopic (laughs) you know there's a camera in the ring there's a camera in the necklace there's a camera everywhere so as much as it parts of it feel really far-fetched it feels like if we really wanted to yeah we could probably pull this off now (laughs) maybe not like the simulated ocean and the simulated weather yeah yeah well maybe i mean like the technology you know and that's and that's you know we'll probably get into this a little bit later on you know it's definitely the technology that has dated Mm. you know the 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 movie uh in one sense but um but there's there's a charm to how simple the movie is there is yeah yeah. cool Uh, a bit more about the movie jim carrey won best actor at the golden globes yeah uh, the first of back-to-back with Men on the Moon next year. Yep. Didn't get an uh, Oscar nomination for either one, which no. is interesting. They, they don't like him, I guess. He's he's too goofy. Yeah. But he did get an apology out of uh, Siskel and Ebert on, uh, on their TV show for uh, saying that he would never have a career after Ace Ventura. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I went, back, I went back and watched the actual review oh, of, yeah. of Siskel and Ebert when, when this movie came out. And they absolutely loved it they they actually i mean they were, uh, like most film reviewers you know serious of that time massive fans of peter weir mm. and um they both were like this they both said the same phrase this is the turning of a tide of we're getting back to films about ideas mm. films about concepts films that you can you we're going to be talking about this film for decades and they're right they were right yeah. well, here uh, we are <laughs> exactly and it was only a movie that was only made for 60 million dollars which yeah. even for just the fact that it had Jim Carrey in it is a huge pay cut for him because i think he was pulling like 20 plus yeah. around that time and he, and he took a pay cut to it peter weir one of the reasons why peter peter weir got given the um the the job mm. was because he said he could bring it in under budget they they originally were talking to other directors like brian de palma and having a budget of around about 80 million dollars okay they talked to peter weir and peter weir being the smart aussie that he is said 
I'll do it for 60. <laughs> I'll bring it. And he did. And the first thing that he did is he went to Jim Carrey and said, I really want you, you need to take a pay cut. Yeah, right. And so he took about $10 million less than what he usually did. Mm. You know, I think he was paid a total of $12 million of what I read. Yeah. And um, yeah. Crazy. And uh, while, while we're mentioning Peter Weir, Andrew Nichol was the, one of the producers and screenwriters. Yes. Uh, Kiwi responsible for Gattaca. Yeah. Uh, a, a few other great movies too. But yes. uh, he seems to be pretty heavily involved in this success of, of this film yeah and it's interesting to read we, we might get this to the in the trivia part actually the the, the original tone yes. of this movie yes 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 crazy uh but since we're talking about critics the rotten tomatoes score for this do you want to guess or do you know it i know i didn't even okay. look good, i didn't even good. look it's got to be good i mean it's got to be 90 percent or something 95 oh even better yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. not surprising uh it's a movie that's hard to I, it's hard to watch this and imagine someone hating it. Like, yeah, like I can see someone saying oh, it didn't work or there's plot holes or something. But just watching it and not being like captivated by the concepts and yes. the, the the way that it unfolds is, yeah. is hard to imagine. That the LA Times wrote the Truman Show is emotionally involving without losing the ability to raise sharp satiric questions as well as get numerous laughs. The rare film that is disturbing despite working beautifully within standard industry norms. I think that sums it up really well. Yeah, totally, totally. It's a, it, and, and you, uh, you know, we'll get into the the trivia of it uh, later on. But but the the double impact of um, the New Zealander, what's his name again? The Andrew dro- Nichols. Andrew Nichols, who was uh, a writer director in his own right, um, he was he was hoping to be able to direct this film himself, hmm. having having written it, um, but because. And even though Gattaca did okay um, as a bit of an arty type, type of film, they felt there's too much writing. Like the budget was way bigger, and that's why they they looked for another um, you know another director. But he, as as you said, like the original tone of it was going to be a lot darker, and you can see that from the films that he's made because he's made uh, like he made Gattaca, and he's and he's always he's very interested in science fiction somebody being the wrong person out of place type of thing. He made that Sim 1 or Sim one, Simone. Simone, yeah. He made. Uh, he wrote The Terminal. He wrote The Lord of War, directed The Lord of War with uh, Nicolas Cage. In time, that horrible movie with... Um, <laughs> Timberlake? Tim- yeah, 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 Justin Timberlake. Uh, the Host, Good Kill, Anon. He's done... I like the idea for In Time. It's, yes, it's exactly. Cool yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he's, he's really good at coming up with these concepts. And the terminal, another one, like oh, a guy that's stuck in a in an airport. Wow, yeah. that's a cool idea. Yeah, so he's good at coming up with these these really interesting concept, concepts about a person sort of out of their out of their interest. I mean, I think the Truman Show, obviously, being the most interesting one that he's mm. done. But I would have, I mean, having having said that, I love Gattaca. I love that film, Gattaca. Um, but. It would. It would have. Been, I still would love to see his version of this on, on the big screen. <laughs> to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, there's so much written about this that you can probably find out what his version would have been. Yeah. But anyway, uh, DJ number one song when Truman Show released. Oh. On the Arias, not <laughs> September '98. I should have looked this up. I knew you were going to ask me. You're not supposed to look. It I up. know. <laughs> That's the point. Look. Oh boy, 1998. What was? Oh, I'll give you some hints. It's a big, big ballad. It's a big... The t- Titanic song. No, no, oh. no. That's 97, I think. Okay, so I was going to say Celine Dion. No, not, no idea. Not too far away. It's a, it's a kind of 80s associated rock group. Aerosmith? Yes. Oh, which um, from 98. Um, 
Oh, gee, I can't remember. Appeared what's... in another blockbuster. <laughs> oh, the uh, the Armageddon one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what's that? So I've forgotten the don't, name. Of this. Don't want to miss the thing. <laughs> so Armageddon must have come out around this. Time yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, in in the Billboard charts, where in America, where the movie released in June, it was "The Boy Is Mine" by Brandy oh, and Monica. Oh, yeah. Now we're talking. Which was number one for like three months. Yeah, forever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, what have you done for me lately? There's a there's a good cast of this movie, you have to say. Yes. Uh, Jim Carrey, we've mentioned Kidding, Sonic the Hedgehog. I don't know what he's up to next, apart from a, a sequel to Sonic, but I hope it is something with um, with Michelle Gondry. Yeah. Like a movie, because oh. it's such a great partnership and he gets the best out of him, I think. they. I think they, they are both working really well. And the team mm. that they've assembled for the Kidding series the other directors and the art art directors and stuff like that they're they're really pushing some barriers on that film which yeah. is great uh laura linney you would have seen in ozark if you check that out on on netflix yep noah emmerich who plays uh, the best friend on this show marlon he's he is uh he is the classic oh that guy yeah in, in movies he's the that guy in movies oh that guy he's in the you it's, never it's remember his he's, name he's got a face that like yes you know you just it's he's not like traditionally good looking no, or anything no. he's just like a guy he, yeah. he looks like everyone's best friend exactly yeah. exactly he's a great character actor and he's always he's really enjoyable every time he pops up i'm like oh it's that guy it's, it's, there's so it's, many people like that in this movie yeah too. yeah yeah there is heaps, um, heaps so he was in space force another netflix one he played like the head of the air force uh with with steve carell He's on the americans for a bunch of years yes and another netflix show the spy he did with Sasha Baron Cohen, yes. which is a pretty serious. I didn't get too far into that because I wasn't feeling it, but um, he yeah. was in that, I think, last year. Okay. Ed Harris, Westworld. Classic. It's almost, I would love somehow if they could write that the Ed Harris character in Westworld was somehow related <laughs> to the Christoph yeah. character in this. <laughs> and it shows you it like. Would work, yeah. Because, yeah, you know, Ed Harris, um, you know, he he looks old, or at least made to look like mm. an older person, in the the Truman Show. Uh, he was only fifteen years older than Jim Carrey. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, and now like he's still going. You know, he's still yeah. he's that. Cl- I really like Ed Harris, and I, and I think he, um, you know, even though we only get him towards the end of the film, mm. um, you know, other than that opening with his, you know, opening dialogue. He, he is, um, yeah, I love him. I love him. And I think he's really good in this. Mm, really is. good in this. And almost didn't make it into the movie because yeah. Dennis Hopper yeah. bailed on day one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently, which I would have, it would have been interesting to see him play the role. He did a similar role on Ed TV yeah. a couple of years later, but yeah. uh, I think it worked out pretty well. Peter, Peter Weir says there's only two times in his life he's miscast. He's very big on casting. Okay. Peter Weir as a director. He, he, his famous quote is, if you get the right cast as a director, you don't have to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, your job's done. And he says, there's only two times in my whole career I miscast somebody. Mm. And he won't mention any names, but I think we can fill in the blanks yeah. and realise that Dennis Hopper yeah. <laughs> was maybe not a great fit for this role. If he if he bailed on the first day, then yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Paul Giamatti... Another, yeah, cool. another that guy. Yes. Until probably recently, he's um, been doing Billions, and yeah. I, I've been watching Billions this year. It's yeah. been my binge kind of, <laughs> well, not binge because we're watching with Hannah, but we watch it like at night over like the course of a few months, and he's so good in that. And I think for a long time he 
similar to Noah Emmerich is one of those, oh, that's the yeah, guy from that, you know, the yeah, thing. Definitely, definitely. Interesting to note that him and Jim uh, went from this to, to Man on the Moon, to yeah. Man on the Moon working <laughs> together. It was funny. Yeah. And the, this guy's not a big part of the movie, but I wanted to shout him out. I know who you're going to say. Joel McKinnon Miller. Yes, Scully. <laughs> he plays Scully on <laughs> Brooklyn Nine-Nine. <laughs> I was like, hey, it's Scully. Yeah. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't seen this movie since I watched Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Sporting a, a terrific flat top. Like he always a, does. He, yeah. he's, it's, his, it's his thing. He's another guy like uh, Emmerich that's like, oh, it's that guy. Yeah. I, I've seen him in something and you would never know what it would be. Yeah. Except yeah. for now Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Exactly, exactly. And he's always playing a cop or a... You know, <laughs> Garage a, attendant. A, a, yeah, <laughs> security guard or yeah. he, he wears the uniform well. And he's, he, I love him in this movie. We he's might, great. We might mention him. He's, uh, he's, he's got, he's got his total screen time of like about 30 seconds, but it's fantastic. He's good. Uh, Holland Taylor, who plays Jim Carrey's mother, uh, she, she's got one of those faces where, again, been in everything. I'm like, uh, she looks like an old lady <laughs> that I've seen in like a million <laughs> Disney yes. movies or something. Uh, she was in a, another one. Netflix is everywhere here, but Hollywood, yeah. the TV show Hollywood, which is like a, if, if Hollywood was woke in the 50s and 60s and she plays like an executive in that. So uh, still working. Good on her. Yep. She's getting on. But but most, most of the people in this film are yeah. still working, including um, someone who only pops up now and then she does a lot of television is the uh, Sylvia role. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Nat- uh, I didn't write that down. But... Natasha McElhone, yes. I think it is, playing Lauren slash Sylvia. Uh, you know, um, she, you know, she's got that. And again, I think because they make such a big deal about how striking her looks are in mm. this, you know, though I don't think she's like traditionally good looking in that sort of sense. She's a little bit, you know, off kilter in that, you know, in in she's that way. A, she's very memorable. She's got these striking eyes. Exactly. And, yeah. That's the the yeah. whole the whole point of the you know with Truman. But uh, you know, every time she pops up, and she pops up in television and movies all yeah. the time. She's another one of hey, it's that woman, it's that person. <laughs> yeah, so I guess apart from like Laura Linney, I don't, I don't know, maybe she was a character actor for a long time too. I'm not exactly sure, but yeah. apart from Jim Carrey, they did a great job of putting a bunch of that guy. Yeah, and totally, that girls. totally. <laughs> um, so we'll move on to the most '90s moment, and you know, the setting of this movie, it's like almost like a Pleasantville kind of like yeah. Americana thing Definitely. where inspired by like the classic ad advertisements and yep. uh, that kind of thing. So there's not a lot of like technology that you see, but the, the thing that I wrote down was when he goes to a travel agent to book his flight to, yeah. to Fiji. <laughs> Cause like I, I've never been to a travel agent. I know that they still exist and they still, you know, some people still need them. Can I let you know? But I went to a travel agent two years ago. Why? Because I had a very complicated trip to book. All right, okay. I, had a, I, I had like you know five stops in the US, and I had a you know short amount okay. of time. That's a was... bit different to. I just want a ticket to Fiji. No, get, yeah, get me the next one out. Exactly. Of here. <laughs> it was different. Can I tell you? It is exactly the same. As what you see in this movie. <laughs> the computers are exactly... It's still the same. So the technology, even though we don't use travel mm. agents to do those type of trips anymore, the, if you do go to a travel agent, it's pretty much exactly what you see in the Truman Show. I wonder if they just go to like Expedia or the same websites that we do. Oh, look, there's all these <laughs> kickbacks and everything they get. Yeah. I don't know. Shout out to all the uh, travel agents listening. Yeah. <laughs> Tell, send us... You know, at Jono himself. <laughs> tell me, tell me what you do. Tell me how it works. Uh, but I guess what I'm saying is the lack of like 
technology in this film. There's yeah. no internet, even though the internet was a thing in 98. Yes. Having it inside the bubble of Truman's world would be an issue. There's no empowerment. He doesn't have the ability to like, you know, Google or yeah. do anything. Cause you know, if, as soon as he typed his name into Alta Vista or Yahoo, yeah. it's just going to come up with like the Truman show. Yeah. Uh, so that's probably the most nineties thing is just how it's almost like the movie set in 1992. Well, almost, it could almost be set in 1950, well, you, yeah, know, yeah, no, you know, you know, 1960. <laughs> and that's, I mean, we can get into our thoughts about it, but that you've tapped into something that we probably talk about later on. What I would do differently if I was making the film, I would have it more of a, a period, period piece. piece. Yeah, like it just he feels... He's watching I Love Lucy yeah. as well, isn't he? Yeah, and there's no mobile phones, but they've yeah. got modern cars because it's this weird, we're making a living, we're making our money, our fortune from product placement. Mm. Uh, so we've got to have modern yeah, products right. that people want, but you can't have you know, this technology or internet or mobile phones that it's going to take you out of it. I'll tell you my most 90s moment mm -hmm. in the movie, and it's a little bit meta, is the famous scene that goes a zoom out through the, you know, the guy, you know, shutting the door on the dome, yeah, yeah. the dome being behind the Hollywood Hills, the dome being <laughs> on the map and the world, you know, it is such bad special effects. Is that the like you can see it from space? Yeah, yeah, that's you can see it from space scene. It's so bad special effects with the guy. It was mind blowing at the time, mm. but now watching it again, I was like, oof, that is really bad '90s <laughs> special effects. The product placement specifically feels very '90s, and and not because it didn't exist before that, but yeah. I guess the way that she presents the ads and stuff, oh, it reminds yeah. me of infomercials and stuff like that. It's like an infomercial, but it's almost like you know an old radio wireless old-timey you know you know product placement it's yeah. almost like what podcasts are doing now these days you know the show was brought to you by this and mm. you have the you know the 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 you know the actor or in our case the podcaster presenting the you know that you're you're setting me you're, up here you're getting uncomfortable <laughs> here for an for an ad no but it's all it's it's we've sort of come full circle i think for podcasting where you have the presenter or the talent doing the doing the presentation yeah but it's so on the nose in the truman show mm. and i love the fact especially when it comes to um oh what's truman's wife's name is it meryl meryl yeah when every time meryl does it they do a zoom they mm. do a really artificial zoom on her every time she turns the camera and when she doesn't know what's going on or she or she pauses and has to think she immediately goes for a product placement yeah. every time so bad We'll get to that a bit later, but for now, it's time for me to tell you, speaking of product placement, that Comedy Rewind is brought to you by Manscaped. The very best in men's self-care, hygiene, and below-the-waist grooming. I can feel the zoom coming right <laughs> in on you now. Manscaped products are now available in Australia and New Zealand. That's a new thing. And they just happen to specialize in what's going on down under. <laughs> You know, DJ, things get a bit scrappy in quarantine, but once we're ready to leave the house, you know, we want to look good, we want to feel our best, we want to smell good. I bet Truman would have had himself a bit of a shave and a tidy up before, you know, meeting up with Sylvia in the yes, real world. Yes, After so for sure. Long. Uh, and, you know, good news for listeners, you can experience Manscaped's life-changing products around the world with a handy 8-bit discount code. And you might not think you need it, but just like Truman with his 3-in-1 Chef's Pal multi-knife, you're going to try it and then you won't know how you got by. 
without it. <laughs> the Manscaped engineering team has redesigned the electric trimmer, perfecting the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0 with a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming incidents. They've got a USB powered charging stand, LED torch light, waterproof tech for easy grooming in the shower, battery life, 90 minutes, 90 minutes. We're talking about 90s <laughs> comedies here, but it's not the 90s anymore. We've moved on from the VCR, we've moved on from the VHS, got to update our grooming gear just the same way so you can do it at manscaped.com use that code 8bit for 20% off and free shipping that's 8bit a-t-e-b-i-t at manscaped.com can i can i pitch a uh manscape um you know tie in with the truman show can we can we digitally edit uh the scene where truman uh you know takes his wife with the with the chef's aid and does it? Can he have a manscape? And you can have, uh, you can have the lawnmower 3.0. But the problem is, it doesn't do any. It doesn't actually cut the skin. Yeah, that's it's, the- it's too. You know, the the, the engineering is too good. It's, <laughs> the, the ceramic blade is just too good to actually hurt her. So, so she could, she could turn around and actually plug it and say, Truman, why are you holding it to my neck? It can't cut me anyway. Yeah. So it's a win win both awesome. both way. Definitely going to send that to <laughs> show them what we can what what we're capable of here. Awesome. Comedy rewind. Um, but yeah, that takes us to the next question, which is what holds up the best? Look, the, the, the thing that holds up, and the, I think the reason why my boys and my wife loved it, is the concept, is the actual concept of, I feel like the world, you know, does the world gravitate around me? Mm. Do I want the world to gravitate around yeah. me? Do I want everybody watching? That, that, the concept of asking who you are, what makes you who you are, challenging yourself and pushing yourself beyond what you're able to do mm. um, is a timeless concept. I mean, we all know that, you know, sadly, uh, you know, schizophrenics and, uh, you know, different psychological disorders, some people are now diagnosed with a Truman effect mm. or the Truman Show effect or yeah. some sort of Truman level thing where people feel like they are being watched or filmed or secretly filmed all the time. People are watching them. Um, and so the, I think it taps into, the timelessness is, it taps into something deep, deep within the human psyche mm. that we've all experienced. Yeah. We can all We all are sitting there going, Oh yeah, I identify with what Truman's going through in some level. Have you ever thought, even if it was just for a second, like, am I on the Truman Show? <laughs> no, I, me personally, uh, no. Uh, sometimes I, you know, it's when sometimes I feel like in different times of my life where things have gone really bad. I think, am I on an episode of The Office from the BBC? <laughs> am I secretly on an episode of The yeah. Office? I'm looking for a camera somewhere. But no, I, I, I don't. I haven't. I, me personally, I've never suffered from those delusions. I've, I've yeah. got to ask now, Jono, have you? I, I've, I've had like moments where I've been like, <laughs> is it possible? Yeah. And then I go, oh no, I've been to like all these countries around the world. Like, yeah. like it's not possible unless the whole world's in on it. You know. Did you, Did you watch <laughs> Did you watch any deleted scenes? Um, I watched the long like 20 minute um harry shearer yes thing, that is, is phenomenal really, really good it's and, phenomenal and, and there's a scene in that i think it's in that one or another deleted scene that i saw i'm pretty sure it's in that original extended interview mm. thing with with harry with, with the with, with michael shearer. michelson or something. yeah michael michelson um <laughs> where um it's like straight out of the simpsons because of his yeah. only because of his voice um 
where they've got a, a quick, it's like a two second scene where they've got a plane and it's got possible Fiji, where they were working out possible oh, okay. Fiji scenarios. Yeah. It's in one of the deleted scenes yeah. somewhere. So well, they, did, they did the Grand Canyon thing and they pointed out like when he's going through the family album. Yeah. He's like, you slept all the way there. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It looks very small. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the, the, the Mount Rushmore. The Mount yeah. Rushmore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did I say? Uh, the um, uh, Grand Canyon. Right, yeah. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Mount Rushmore. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, that's right. So, yeah, I mean, the fact that, yeah, I've been to Thailand and to, you know, America. Could all like, be scenarios, <laughs> man. Did you sleep all the way there? That's oh, the- <laughs> no, you mentioned it. I did pass out. <laughs> oh, dear. So, I, I think, so the thing that stands up for me the most yeah. is the, con- the you know, the raw concept, the idea behind it. Mm. It's a great idea. It's not an original idea. Uh, it's been in, um, you know, Philip K. Dick has written at least one short story with with that as a concept. There was multiple um, Twilight Zone episodes that had yeah. that as a, as a twist. It was all a television show and someone wasn't aware that they were on a television. So there's different ways of doing it. Um, but this is... You know, I think this is the most realized version of the, version of it. Yeah, and I'm trying to think of like has it happened since then? Because you'd think someone would have tried to put a spin on it, like Truman Show crossed, yeah, with something. Oh, uh, it, yeah. it's it's ripe for the taking. Mm. I I mean, I I've seen a few times where people have threatened, and Jim Carrey's been asked uh, rumors of Truman Show Part Two, like an actual sequel with. You know, with and every time everybody involved in it has said, uh, no, that's never ever going to happen. I mean, I would settle for like a Super Bowl commercial because <laughs> Super Bowl commercials are the new like sequels for things that just can't get sequels, you know? <laughs> that's true. They've like, done a few. Yeah. We get yeah. the Seinfeld reunion. Yeah, we yeah, get Macaulay yeah. Culkin. We got Groundhog Grown Day. Groundhog yeah, Day. Exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah. And because cause the question for me is what happens next after he walks through that door? And, 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 and this is. Um, Oh man, this is what makes Peter Weir such a great director. It takes such self-control to just cut it, doesn't it? Knowing how to cut and what the messaging is mm. is that was the thing that was the most upsetting for the boys. Oh really? Watching it, they were like, they were right geared up. You know, you I could watch. I was watching them yeah. in the storm scene. They're like, you know, moving on the couch. They're fidgeting. They're like right in it with <laughs> him, and then they're you know their eyes are getting bigger. It's it's getting closer, and they're getting into it. And when it ends, that was the probably the most disappointing thing for all of them. Yeah, like they were like, "Is that it? Is it?" Ah, oh, you know. <laughs> and I think the score dropped a little bit. They're not mature enough to realize the beauty of mm. having to answer those questions for yourself. Yeah, you know. So because what uh, else are they going to do? Like he he walks through the studio lot, and then Sylvia's waiting for him, and well, they hug, and he kisses well, her. The, well, the original script was one of the one of the shooting versions of the script that because it was like 12 different versions yeah. of the of the script one of the versions that Peter Weir and um, our New Zealand writer um, Andrew somebody Nichols. Uh, was working on was he walked into the, the control room yeah sort of like a control room or on the roof and all the actors are there all his cut the main cast is all there <laughs> and he's like what are you doing and they sort of were able to have a little bit out with him and then they said, and then Christoph had a moment of reprise and said, I'm so sorry, opens up a door, and there's Sylvia. Oh. Christoph had, had worked out Sylvia to come, the actual person. I, look, yeah. I, I'm glad they didn't do that. I wouldn't mind seeing a deleted scene if they filmed it, yeah, you know, exactly. just for your own curiosity. But yeah. I think the way they did it was 
Perfect. Because yeah. there's a, there's a, there is a deleted scene. We do see a deleted scene of that area where the actors are having like a table read. Mm. Uh, in the, I think that's in the Michael Michelson, you know, Shearer yeah, thing, yeah. where they're showing what's coming and everything like that. I think Jim Carrey was going to be walking into that room while he's got the actors there, yeah, and he has it out with them. But they know it was. Look, it wouldn't work because everyone was watching him where he was. Look, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, I also had written down the one word concept because I just think that it stands on its own. Great minds think alike. Yeah. Um, and there's a, a relatively great Vanity Fair article today saying the film predicted the scope of modern product placement as yeah. presented by Lin- Linney's... Is it Linney? Laura Linney? Yep. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, yeah. Impeccably named character Meryl Burbank. Mm. Uh, privacy invasion and the existential quandary of whether to live for yourself or an audience, be it television or social media. And, and, that's, and that's a classic thing that they have to explain. This is how naive we were in the 90s. They had to explain what product placement was to mm. us. You know, as us dumb filmmakers... We wouldn't. We don't even blink about it now. We under. We all understand the concept of product placement. Yeah. We are all jaded on it. We all know that it's <laughs> happening. But this is like no. This is how we're making the money that we make on this show. And again, in that deleted scene, we find out that the second richest woman in the world is is Meryl. Is yeah. you know Laura Linney's character ridiculous? Yeah, because of the because some sort of kickback she gets. Why from, is she getting the kickback for it though? From like, doing all the product placement doesn't make any sense. She's you know beloved character. Yeah. You know Truman's wife. Guess, everyone wants yeah. to be. She's the voice for all the products. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, yeah, that that was the main thing that I thought held up well. Just yeah. that concept, I suppose, and and also for just how much this movie captured what Jim Carrey's life was like as well. Because um, there There's was definitely a meta level there. Yeah, because he went into this feeling like he was being watched all the time, and yeah. like everyone was watching him and taking something from him and he was just there to entertain people. Yeah. Um, I guess that's his job in some ways, but there was this whole scene where he almost drowned. Yeah. Uh, in the, the kind of the climax of the movie in this big tank. And he had, you know, some moments with Peter Weir, like he was very angry. And after filming, he realized that he also was saying goodbye to this part of him that was like trying to please people. Yeah. And yeah. he, then started to do maybe these more dramatic and like kind of uh, mind-bending roles for yeah. a few years, even though, you know, he's peppered some comedies throughout that time, but none of them have been the, I mean, and, until maybe like a good 10 years later, they were never like the straight comedy. No, no. That it, you would expect him to do. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's There's definitely a meta level there for, mm. you know, for, for Jim Carrey, and and the role that he he was playing in his life, which is a really interesting way to look at it as well. And also, I mean, I love the fact that they they toyed around very briefly the idea of Peter Weir playing when when Ed, yeah. yeah when Ed <laughs> Harris walked out, Peter Weir was like, maybe I do it, and that would be a whole meta level mm. of the director actually being the director in the in the thing as well, but. Um, you know, I love that. I love there was a story that Peter Weir told about the filming of this. Uh, you know, that Jim Carrey had gotten to the place in his career where he was almost directing himself in the films. Mm. And because a lot of his stuff was so physical, um, you know, they have the, what do they call it, video village in, you know, where they have monitor everything and they're able to play back everything yeah. that you see. 
so Peter's sitting by the, Peter Peter Weir, a very old school camera, you know, old school film guy, hates the video village right. and sits by the cameraman and looks at what he sees and, and trusts his gut and knows what's happening. And every now and then he might, if it's something in particular, special effects, he'll have a look. But he said straight away, Jim wanting to wanted to do multiple takes of everything mm. and wanted to come back and look at, you know, the video to see, can I see it? And he said, within a week, you know, within a few, you know, within that first week, I realized this is not going to work. This is not going to work. I'm directing the film. And so he very, he very cleverly sat down with Jim and they had apparently had a really good working relationship on the, on the, on the film. He sat down with Jim Carrey and said, listen, does Truman know that he's being filmed? Mm. And he's like, no. And he goes, you shouldn't know you're being like, he stopped him from looking just go with it. You trust us. <laughs> he he just, you to know, the exactly. <laughs> you know, really tapped into it, and he had to. And it was a really, and, and like you bring up, for I think for Jim Carrey, it was part of him letting go mm. of this well-crafted persona he, he he'd crafted up until that point. Yeah, right. It's interesting. Like I've got a quote here from that same article, that Vanity Fair one. He says um, that he signed off to this idea of being a crowd-pleasing guy, and since that moment, he said, "I still haven't." I still have done really interesting stuff and made choices I thought were provocative, but I do it on my own terms. Mm. I turned into an I love you, but I can't be what you want me to be. I'm going going through that door like Truman. I'm bitter that you used me, that I was everybody's show but my own, and I was the only one that was left out of the joke, but I'm going to live my life now. That's really like heavy, and I don't quite understand his frame of mind, but I'm sure it makes sense to him. Yeah. But it kind of when you know that what he went through in man on the moon, it yeah. kind of like leads, can you can see how it kind of leads into that experience and yeah. him going kind of nuts. And the, the breakdown that he had a couple of years ago, yeah. the kind of matrixy kind of stuff. Nothing is real. Yeah. Um, that's almost like what seems like what would have happened to Truman if he stayed in that, in that world, knowing yeah. what was going on. Yeah. And Jim Carrey kind of has done that because he stayed in Hollywood and he stayed in the, the limelight and he's he's kind of gone a bit loopy nutty yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely definitely yeah. I, I want to also since i mentioned the matrix i also wanted to mention like the kind of uh comparison there between those two movies because it's yeah. kind of like the you know the blue pill the red pill yeah you can leave you can you leave this idyllic life this yes. life that we've created for you where nothing will harm you nothing will go wrong or you can go and find out what life's and they, like and they came out within the same year didn't they there was 98 99 matrix, yeah 99 was the matrix okay, so, okay. yeah well not yeah not long after because this was very late 98 when this was in the cinemas and i think early 99 might have been the matrix mm, so yeah it's like a, a film student's dream yeah, or a, yeah. a lit uh, teacher's dream yeah exactly that late 90s i like it was all about mm. the films are about the ideas that were in them yeah yeah and while we're talking about what holds up really well there was something i i thought was a kind of a plot hole that i now realize is quite clever oh. which was the father disappearing in the ocean that creates this aquaphobia or yes. whatever it's called with Truman not wanting to travel on the ocean. And I thought, how... And I thought a few things. I thought, when he disappears, why don't they use his ring camera to track him? Because it's with him all the time. Yes. And I thought, how is he now sailing on the ocean Yeah. when he suddenly he's suddenly not afraid of the ocean anymore? Yeah. And both of those things I realized were cleared up. He gives the ring back to his dad because it was his. And he realizes his dad didn't die in the ocean. Therefore, he has no reason to be afraid of it. Yeah. And it's, he's already cottoned on to 
it, it's this weird thing where is he he's kind of aware but he's also questioning it and he's yeah. not sure and um lewis or marlon convinces him that he's it's all in his head yeah then his dad shows up in the fog and the very next scene he's taking off yeah and it's like I, I thought how did he get from one to the other but i guess he realized that you know he his dad he did see his dad as a homeless guy and people carried him away and it's like everything just came to a head at once definitely yeah, yeah, definitely. And there's and this is where I recommend, if you can, I think it's all on YouTube probably, uh, the deleted scenes for the film because there's an extended, you know, there's multiple things that happened to Truman in that period where he's questioning himself mm. over a couple of days. They extend that out a little bit okay. more. Uh, there's that great scene. Um, there's a great deleted scene where he gives a sandwich to a, a homeless guy in a wheelchair and he and he looks at the sneakers. Oh, the same actor. And then then the next day he sees a jogger. Yeah. Or a couple of days later he sees a jogger and he's wearing the same sneakers with the actor's name on it. Right. You know, taped on it. Like so he gets it and he realizes that's where he's really beginning. You, there's quite a few scenes where he's really beginning to mm. cotton on. And you know, look, the 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 greatness of the movie because it just it barrels along. You know, it's just over an hour and a half, mm. like an hour and 40 minutes or something like that. It there, it, it is so efficient. There's like, no dead space. No, yeah. it is. It, there is no lingering. It conveys so much in so little. Um, and that's one of the amazing whirlwind journeys of it. But then on the flip side, there are moments in rewatching, it's like, oh, you know, he really does jump from this to this mm. to this very quickly. And you sort of got to keep up with it. Yeah, him. yeah. <laughs> There's like the the wedding photo where she's crossing her fingers. Yeah, yeah, and he, you know, all those. Are, and there's a really great deleted scene that um uh, is hard to find, which has his his best friend Lewis, um played by Noah Emmerich. Yeah, Noah yeah. Emmerich. Um, he finds him. Yeah, I haven't seen that one, he, but I've read about it. He's, yeah, he when find, they're all out looking for him, he finds him and yeah. he doesn't tell anyone. Cause yeah. He, he says, go, him, go, yeah. you know, go go live your dream type of thing. Mm. And it's a real redemption moment for him as well as a character. Yeah, because he's know? a dog. <laughs> yeah, because he's, he's so... Well, you realise that he's... He's he, kind of sympathetic as well because well, he got conned into this as a child. As a child. He's been there from a child. So yeah. this has been his entire life being Truman's best friend. And he is Truman's best friend. Mm. But, you know... And, 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 the, and the only... I wish they would have included that scene because it really motivates... You know, uh, you you see Truman, if if his best friend says you're right, it's all you know. Mm. Go find her. You, he's powered to go. He realizes yeah. that everything that he's believed is a lie, and he goes for it. Anyway, uh, yeah, that's a, a, actually an interesting point, and that character is kind of a tragic figure because massively he has been in this studio for his whole life. Yes, he has become an alcoholic because yeah. he's, he's always promoting these beers yeah. and he's become an alcoholic and had to do rehab like three that's times. In, that's in one of the deleted yeah. scenes. Yeah, yeah. That, that's in, in this longer like documentary yeah. pull-out that, that's part of the deleted scene. And it, like, what's the point? I'm, I'm thinking like, what's the point of being in here and being like paid really well, but you have to, you can't leave. Yeah, like, it's... Maybe yeah. for a holiday every now and then. But and and, like, and they, they allude to that with a fact where he says, you know, remember when, you know, I got sick with pneumonia, made me go out here and yeah. I was in hospital for three months or whatever it was. You know, you realise 
oh, that's when he got away and had a real life yeah. somewhere else, you know, did something, got married yeah. or did whatever he wanted to do in the real life. But it, it is, those type of questions mm. are fascinating and I wish we, I wish the movie spent a little bit more time on that, yeah. but you can't really. Yeah, it, it, it's one of the things where we just said it's great how short and sharp it is, but yeah. I also would love to see a director's <laughs> cut that goes for like two and a half hours. <laughs> just yeah, totally. for the, just having the option of checking that out. Uh, okay, Obviously, the movie holds up really well because we talked about that forever. What yeah. holds up the worst? Yeah, I think the technology aspects of it. I think... Um, enhance. Yeah, they are the classic. <laughs> that is one of the best enhanced moments ever of any... It's like, stop know. it. What's that? Yeah. Enhance it. And it's like his hand yeah, crawling out. Yeah. Of the- from, from like the worst pixelated screen shot you've ever seen. Um, yeah, the technology, you know, of course, it's all, never going to mm. hold up, you know, from the from the 90s. You know, the techno. I think, uh, you know, whether it's the film technology. But having said that, I mean, in the 90s, thinking that you could have a, a camera like a GoPro stuck everywhere, mm. transmitting information was a little bit ahead of its time. I think, you know, we could have it be a little bit more realistic you know, with the, with the camera work. Again, watching it multiple times straight away, very, very quickly you realise they are totally fudging the camera, mm. you know, the camera They're angles. not all hidden cameras. No, yeah. no, no, no. We're seeing stuff, and even in the replays on the television, we're yep. seeing stuff that could not be filmed from hidden cameras, you know, like... <laughs> they need drone cameras. Yeah, yeah. even drone... And, and the way... I mean, that's so clever. The first time, the, even the first few times you watch it, you realise... All you need to do is film something from a wide angle, you know, get a fisheye lens, put a bit of a blur around it, mm. make it like it's inside that rubbish bin for a second, you know, that the neighbour carries in and out every time he sees him. Um, and then you can get away with anything. Yeah. You can put any camera, long shot, this shot, telephoto, wide, put it anywhere. And we get away with so much within those, with, with what the cameras can do. Uh, part of me would love that to be thought of a little bit more you know, the actual camera work, how mm. they're doing it. Let's be a little bit more realistic what they could actually do. Yeah, I think yeah. if they made it now, maybe we'll get to this bit later, but maybe they would just literally film everything on a CCTV style or a hidden camera style or yeah. a GoPro style camera Yeah. or people's smartphones or whatever it is. Or you've got the technology now. You could say, hey, look, we've got cutting edge technology. It's 16K sensors everywhere. Yeah. We can crop and zoom and do whatever from yeah. this. You know, there's multiple ways to do it, make it a bit more interesting. But mm. that to me, being a real picky nerd. Oh, yeah. That's you know. what this question's about. Because <laughs> I, I, the, the first thing I wrote was implausibility. Yeah. Where... Okay, so let, let's think about this in a nerdy way. This guy's pitch is I'm going to film this kid for 24-7. Yeah. I've got a son. He's 10 months old. No one wants to watch him sleeping for 16 hours a day or whatever it is. Well, like, yeah. Look, like that- what, what, what do they do for the first like five years of his life? Yeah. Is it a show about... It's like watching the penguins at the zoo on the Melbourne Zoo stream. Like... They're not doing anything, yeah. and occasionally they might. But are his parents doing a storyline? Are they like? And I and I, th- and I think this is one of the things where the original script had Truman at twenty or nineteen or eighteen, like finishing high school, beginning college. Yeah. Right. Hence, we have those scenes of Sylvia. You know, the the, the, high, the high school flashback where everyone looks exactly the same. No one's yeah. de-aged. They all look like they're in their thirties. I think he had more of like the Lloyd haircut. 
the Dumb and Dumber haircut for that. Yeah, exactly. But everybody else looks exactly yeah. the same, whether they're, you know, and again, they're supposed to be turning 30, you know, all, all of the cast there, when, you know, as, as we're watching it. Uh, and we're flashing back to when they're 17 or 18. Um, the original idea was this was happening as he's, as he's you know, leaving high school. Mm. That's a bit more believable, I think. I mean, because you've got to think of this. The show has been, in the in the universe of this movie, the show has been on air 24 30, hours a day, seven days years, a week yeah. for 30 years. 30 years. That's 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 insane. Uh, you know, especially in the in the light of that, we're watching it ending. You know, they're watching mm. the end of the end of the Truman Show. Um, but uh, you know, you do end up saying, "Could this be sustained for thirty years?" And 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 again, they've made him an insurance salesman. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> who wants to watch someone and sell insurance? <laughs> exactly. Which 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 is is no drama there, and he's got such a I like. A white bread kind of existence, and he's an adventurous soul, and you know it's so twisted. And this is what gets into the darker elements of the movie that I love. Yeah. You know, it really is a commentary. I think the main thrust of this movie, what this movie is really trying to tell us, is you idiots will watch anything on mm. television, as long as we tell you to watch yeah. it, you will watch. I mean, Christoph it. says people put it on to fall asleep too yes, and yeah. this kind of thing. There's a guy who apparently lives his life in the bath with yes. Truman paraphernalia yes. around him watching Truman 24 hours a day. I don't know how that works. Yeah, that's, that's you know, great. There's a Truman bar. You know, the bar that we see is the Truman bar. They've got Truman mm. merchandise, Truman hats, Truman everything. Yeah. So there's dedicated bars. It is a good commentary on, like, I can't remember what TV show or movie it was, but it was like, why are you watching? Why would, uh, I think it was Seinfeld. Why would anyone watch that? Because yeah. it's on TV. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So there's, there's a real cynical, jaded aspect of... I think the idea and the concepts from the original scripts still mm. in the you know in that element of the film. So um, especially I don't know we'll, you know we'll probably get into this later on, but I might as well say it now. Like the last scene of the movie, you know when we think of the last scene of the movie, everyone mm. goes, "Oh, it's Truman walking out the door." No, 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 that's not the last scene of the movie. It, Truman walks out the door. Christoph puts his head in his hands, yeah. defeated. The last He's scene like of the, the movie. Yeah. Is back to the garage, guys. What else is on? What else is on? They they go, oh, what else is on TV? Yeah. And, and that is the point of the movie. It is so <laughs> cynical. It is so jaded. It's basically saying, yeah, you idiots. You know, and to the point where, I mean, you, mu you must have read, Peter Weir was trying to work out the technology in selected cinemas where they were going to put cameras in the cinemas and halfway through the movie, you would see on the screen yourself watching the movie. Mm, yeah, I did read that they were experimenting with that idea. Could he do that? How, how he It was impossible to do da 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 So I think what they what the, the real concept and the real message of Truman, the Truman Show, is more about us watching entertainment what that says about us mm. you know it's almost the opposite of the cable guy the ending where he cuts out the cable feed yeah and kyle from tenacious d like picks up a book <laughs> and he opens the book yeah yeah <laughs> yeah like... yeah exactly exactly it's what else is on what yeah. else is on we're, we're addicted to yeah. you know whatever the, whatever the thing is because you know i mean 
you know, it, it, I mean, if we if we go with the concept and we think, oh, this is really you know going to happen, you know, there really is is you know this 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 place and they've spent mm. all this money, you know that at any time they've probably got a couple of other. As they say in the movie, this is, I can't believe they even said, you know, this phrase, unwanted pregnancies, lined up, ready to go. They said they had, they have five unwanted babies. They've probably got a line of unwanted babies ready to go at any one point Mm. if Truman accidentally falls off, you know, has a heart attack and die or whatever, you know, happens. You know, you know that within a week they've got, Sally or whatever, yeah, you know, they've yeah. got another version of this thing happening in the universe. While, while we're talking about these things, I was also thinking about, like, you just mentioned the budget, but, like, when he drives, tries to leave town. Yeah, and yeah great scene. There's all great. The, yeah, it's a fantastic scene. Love it. Um, what like, All these people that are just there in case yes. he does something like that. Yeah. Like, are they they're on full-time wages? Yeah. They're dressed up as in hazard biohazard suits. Yeah, yeah. 24-7 just in case he tries to leave town like yeah. it's it's a bit silly like yeah you, you, how quickly can they get into uniform where they're going and stuff like that yeah. what what is the scenarios you know once they realise that Truman is getting a bit edgy and he wants to get out of town okay we need to move a whole yeah, bunch right. of people down there you know again you know these are these are great things that we'd love to see more of you know if it was extended version that's it and I guess like the thing that probably holds up the worst definitely is the like lack of consideration for this man's right to privacy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Well, that that whole that's right out the window right from the beginning. And okay, so he the corporation buys this kid, which yeah. seems illegal as well. Yeah. How much of a lawsuit do you think they're facing when he walks out that door and says, "You didn't have my permission to broadcast and manipulate my life and steal my." freedom away like yeah. a billion dollars well they've yeah. made billions and billions yes. off him and he hasn't seen what's what's he making like 50k a year yeah insurance they, be, they better have some sort of uh nest egg away ready to ready to give to him and does he does it the other thing i'd love to know you know you could explore this you know does he change his name his name is given to him truman burbank you know, does he then go? Well, I'm not really Truman Burbank. I'm what? Like, what? What happens mm. to him after that? Obviously, you know, we're led to believe that Sylvia will be right there, ready to, you know, meet up with him, and they're going to live happily ever after. Yeah, they might actually end up in Fiji. Who knows? <laughs> Origi- the, in the original script, it wasn't Fiji; it was Australia. Yeah, which would have been nice. Oh no! Come on, so close, but yet so far. <laughs> I think we skipped a question. Uh, most iconic scene. That's what it was. Uh, what did you have for that one? Oh, most iconic scene. Well, there's so many. Uh, too many to mention. I think for me, the first thing that springs to mind. I think it was because it was it was a trailer for so long. Maybe it was television advertising for the film. It's the mirror. Yeah, I was going to say that. Mirror astronaut. You know him drawing with the soap on yeah. the on the on the thing. That is fantastic. Have you done it before? Drawn on the soap and done. No. I've done it. I've- I've drawn the astronaut. Around. I've never, I've never done that. It's, it's fun. Oh, well, there we go. I, like, I want to see if, if it, if it works, and yeah, it kind of works. It kind of works. It kind of works. Yeah. Um, the, uh, and the other one for me, of course, and this is now getting to, uh, like this is where it almost becomes like a fantasy, C.S. Lewis or almost a Salvador Dali painting, is the boat, the wall, yeah. and the d- steps and the door. Yeah, that is like out of dreams. That is like deep human psyche stuff, right yeah. there. Every time the 
boat hits the wall, it takes me by surprise. Yeah. I'm like, oh, it's, there's a wall yeah. there. Yeah. Like, and then you, I rewound it and it's like, oh yeah. When you know what you're looking at, yeah. it's obvious. Yeah, and it's, and, and, and it's mind tricks you. And it's funny, like saying what doesn't hold up, like the technology, like if it was made today, it would be some sort of holographic, digital, mm-hmm. blinky, you know, LEDs or something, you know, some sort of, you know, technology to do it. But the fact that it's a painted polystyrene, whatever it is, wall, <laughs> there's something so quaint and beautiful about it that if it was a digital thing, you don't get the steps and the door, mm. you know, the black rectangle that he steps into. That is so perfect, you know, yeah. for the end of the film. It's definitely the, like, practical effects of the 90s yeah. come to life. Yeah. Uh, the thing I had for this, apart from the astronaut in the mirror, was the, I guess, the quote, like, good afternoon, good evening, yeah. and good night. Classic. The first time he says it, Yeah. the first time you hear it, you're like, that's great. Yeah. yeah. And, and then, obviously, it, it's reoccurring until he says it at the very end yeah takes the bow takes the bow and he walks out yeah and it's like heck yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so i think that's probably and that like expression is as jim carrey's kind of a catchphrase machine over the years but yes. that's the one that i think lives on the most from this movie okay who would be the most offended by truman show look <laughs> if you are offended by the truman show please get a life at uh, dj pain tell, yeah. him, tell, <laughs> tell him what offends you i i agree with you i don't yeah. i think it's so inoffensive yeah um, look look if you were going to be offended by rights look i i have seen the only thing i actually went looking for this right. you get the usual idiots who are offended by whiteness or maleness or you know heteronormative blah 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 you know all the time and it's like guys you oh, hold miss- on I, f- I figured out what it would be it would be his wife being like basically prostituting yes herself but yeah I guess yeah. then it's like it, it's know. you know not uh, you know it, there's not enough minorities in it you know there's the token black family that live across the road that repeat the phrase back to him you know mm-hmm. uh, you know when we see that but look it's if you if you're offended by those things you're missing the point of the film yeah definitely the Kardashians might be offended by it <laughs> who knows well Kanye uses the Truman line quite a few times in his you know in, oh, really? you know so this this is a favourite film of Kanye West so well, you, you know hopefully Kim's not too offended <laughs> by that does it pass the internet relevancy test I think that like just in the general yeah it's in the lexicon like yeah you said before about the um the Truman show delusion yes which is a, a thing apparently yeah and yeah I think if you say, oh, it's like the Truman Show, like it's similar to Groundhog Day. It's just something that everyone knows what it means. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. The, you know, and, and this is like, if this was being made today, the Truman Show in real life would be all about the memes and the gifts and everything. You know, you'd mm. probably see that. Within yeah. the, like Truman is a meme yeah. <laughs> in the, in the, in the world that they've set up in the, in the real True. world. You know, of the film. Every week there'd be a new meme. Like exactly. The mirror thing would have been yeah, a meme. Yeah, yeah. True, true. Like him mowing the, the like clipping the lawn and sticking his butt in the camera. Yeah, yeah. Like that would be a meme. Yeah. Every, all, all of that all of that stuff, he, he's already a living meme in the, in the universe that they've set up. So uh, there's a bit of meta commentary there. But, you know, as far as it's still internet relevancy today, uh, yeah, every, you know, it's, it's a... Even people who haven't seen it know what the concept mm, is. Yeah, for sure. 
How how would smartphones and social media change Truman Show? Well, it wouldn't because this is a controlled universe. Yeah, so there true. was there was smartphones in 1998. There was not smartphones. Oh, sorry, sorry. Well, there was there digital, mobile phones. Yeah, yeah, digital phones and internet. Yeah. But this is a controlled universe, yeah. and the whole point of it is, you know, Kristoff and the mm. team making it can control what Truman has access to. So it, it sort of make, and that's one of the things that I think I, I sort of bleed into a bit of Westworld. I'd love to see this sort of like we've already mentioned Westworld, but I'd love to see this a mm. little bit more, you know, controlled. You know, there's still so much in there, like buying magazines. I mean, that's insane. They've got teams of people making magazines yeah. or at least editing versions of the yeah, magazines yeah. and newspapers so Truman doesn't read anything about himself. <laughs> like, you know, the, 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 what the lengths they're going to in this film where instead he could just grow up in a universe where magazines don't exist. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, isn't that easier, guys? <laughs> yeah. You know, like, you know, or even television doesn't exist or, or whatever. Mm. Um, you could, you know, that's, if I was making the, the movie today, I would love to play around a little bit with, you know, the, like, it's all a bit banal, the universe that he lives in. What, I would love to see a little bit more experimentation. What happens if mm. we tell him that, you know, um, Aliens the world is flat? Yeah. And he really believes, and everyone teaches him that the world is flat. Like, what is that like? You know, all, again, picking a silly thing, pick a, you know, and again, all the flat earthers out there are going, what are you talking about, DJ? The world is flat. What are you going on about, man? Don't you know? But, uh, the, but uh, you know, whatever it is, you know, tell him that mermaids exist or whatever, like just some hmm. crazy thing because you could do anything. Yeah. <laughs> but they sort of give him this 1950s I love Lucy life that, of course, you're going to get, fed up with yeah it's it's a good point yeah i think if if smartphones and social media existed what would happen is one of these extras would like sneak in their phone yeah and lose it and he would find it and yeah. he'd be like what is this thing yeah and he'd be like i don't know like they'd have like a background and it's like his photo in, as a background or yes. it's like yeah. a truman show logo yeah and that would be like another one of the hints yeah. i think that's something that they could play with or um sylvia or people on the outside are like trying to smuggle a phone into him yeah. so they can contact him or, yeah. you know, there'd be all these, uh, like we, we mentioned the, the memes already, there'd be so many like people shooting footage in there. Exactly. And that kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, could you make it today? It's kind of a similar question, but what would the 2020 version be. I would love to. Okay, here's my pitch. Yeah, you know, yeah. and this is my. You know, this is my favorite segment of the whole thing. <laughs> Every time we do this, this is my favorite thing. Okay. Uh, and I haven't gone. I usually I have pages. As soon as, as soon as this segment rolls around, Jono rolls his eyes because I pull out pages <laughs> of notes. I haven't done it this time. You haven't recast the whole thing. No, I haven't done. I haven't done the usual. I do have some ideas though. Okay. I think it would be a amazing Amazon Prime. Series. television series you know turn this into a series turn mm. it turn the truman show into a series uh make it darker make it a little bit more twisted make it a little bit more about the original script was about paranoia i i i think there's more i mean mm. when you really think about what truman goes through in this film in the second half of this film it's it's a horror movie yeah. he goes through a horror movie like when he cracks and grabs the chef's aid and holds yeah. it to his pretend wife's neck, 
he's lost he's he's going through a total breakdown and stretch that out how he works it out all the things that he goes through and everything like that would be mm. amazing over a series or you know a television series um and i would also like to go back to the roots of it cast it with a younger you know have have the have have the have the actors be younger um and because i always like to work out you know who 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 i'd love in it my pitch for someone that everyone would love and that uh, everyone would love to see as Truman and as that all-American boy, but, you know, a young man, is uh, the wonderful Joe Kerry. I think that's his last name. Maybe Kerry, who plays Steve Harrington, the oh, yeah, boy yeah. with the hair from Stranger Things. Yeah, the... the um... Yeah, he was in the ice yeah. cream parlor in the last Absolutely. series. You know, the the original boyfriend, the jock boyfriend, who um, you know we carry on the journey with. But uh, you know, Joe Joe Keery, I, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. He's about 25, 26 now. Mm. He could play a lot younger. He's you know got that real youthful face. He's got the fantastic hair to begin with, and someone who's who's the same age of him in real life. Actually, I think he's a year younger in real life. Is I would recast the best friend with someone who I think is a phenomenal actor, even though he's been in the worst franchise in the world, uh, John Boyega. Uh, yeah. uh, John Boyega, who could do an American accent like great. Yeah, That's yeah. Finn from Star Wars, from the latest Star Wars trilogy. Mm. Uh, I think John is a fantastic actor. And there's something so sympathetic about about John Boyega on film, uh, even as Finn, you know, as as the you know the the the, the recast stormtrooper, you know, from the from the Star Wars series. There's something about him that I would love to see, you know, and then you also, because if you're doing it again in 2020, you can't have an all-white cast like right. they've got now. That's like the unforgivable sin. Uh, but I, I would love to, but that's an, you could even redo it, talk about race hmm. in it, because you could have the Kristoff character, you know, cast it all as a white village. You know, you could have, you know, all these different things. There's so many different interesting elements with given a bit more time than just an hour and 40 minutes for the film. Mm. You could go into all these different areas and flesh out the universe so well. The thing is, they, they cast the movie in the 70s because that's when Truman was born, probably. Yeah, yeah, so they yeah totally. They would have cast it an all-white Exactly, cast. exactly. And that's... then they would have got to like now and they'd be like, okay, we need to get some more diversity. Yeah. Let's get yeah. a bunch of people moving into the town. Yeah, and that's, and that's the other thing you could do in a television series. You could spend time like you were saying what are they doing when they're watch when he's five mm. what are they doing when he's four again i'm not suggesting that we do a television series <laughs> over covering an entire child's life but you have you know at least half a series or a whole bunch of episodes that cover those early days like if it is set like if we have a 20 year old now then the set was built in the year 2000, you know, type of thing. So you could have, okay, what was the technology like in 2000? How do they build it up? We get a sense of that in the movie where young Truman on the beach is walking over the things that we can hear building noises and the father brings him back down. You can't go over there because they're extending his world as he's getting older. Uh, But... um, yeah, I, I think it's fascinating. The other and the other thing which is crazy about the film is is they you know the set is behind the Hollywood sign. Mm. That's insane. I mean that that property alone is you know worth jillions of dollars. You know you'd want it to be on the island of Fiji or somewhere absolutely you know I- I- insane. And you could be a little bit more creative, like you know bring a bit of the Westworld to it. Mm. You know really 
the other aspect that is, you know, why would you just have one Truman on a show like that? Why would you just have one child who was raised their whole life not knowing they're in a television series? Surely you'd have a whole bunch of Trumans in in yeah. in that in that you know in that it's scenario. More of a big brother kind of thing. Yeah, there's uh, so many different ways you could go with it. Mm. In, in in you know in recasting. Yeah, I think and that'd be cool. And yeah. I would like what you say about the paranoia where one of them figures it out yes. and they're trying to convince other people. Yeah. And most people have seen weird things too. So there's maybe a pocket of people that have figured it out and yeah. people that don't believe it. If, and and it then get... actors trying to throw them off. Exactly. And then maybe someone figures it out and they're just like, let's go with it. Let's yeah. go crazy. Let's... And if, and if it was, you did it today, you could be a lot darker where, you know, someone figures it out early, oh, they died or they had a tragic accident or they left town or whatever. Or go super dark, you know, like... Uh, the end of the Joker when he's on the talk show. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like exactly. someone just going like, "All right, I'm on TV." Yeah. Guess what? Yeah, 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 I'm yeah. I'm gonna go nuts. Exactly, exactly. But um, yeah, there's so many different ways, and and you know, you could even get, um, you know, I hate to get political, but you could get political on it, where, or even no pol- politics. Like you could you could create a. You know, because it feels like he's still living in the world and he's still talking about America. There's even a hint in one point of it that he believes in God, which brings up a whole nother, you know. Yeah, what was that part again? Uh, he, 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 there's a point. There's a, does he say like a quick prayer or something? Something mentioned, somebody mentions a prayer, someone mentions something about God or whatever. And I, and I, God, I should have written it down because it jumped out to me. Because even the aspect of if you raised a group of, Young people, like again, with my re- reimagining of Truman Show, it's a, it's maybe a whole class, a whole year level mm. of a school is is all like that, and we can see different things and cut to different different people. But what you know, if you make it that it, there's an, it's a different type of religion, or the Christoph character is saying that there's no religion or no god or whatever. There's so many different avenues you could go down with kids, you know. What what does humanity desire? How do they work it out? All that type of stuff. So yeah. there's so many interesting things you could go down with that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would watch that definitely. I, yeah. I love the idea of just turning these great older movies into TV shows. Yeah, totally. Just milking it, going. Yeah. You know, we said how it was great in 90 minutes, but if you've got time to get deep into it and yes. figure out how it could take it to the next level, it'd be. Really cool. One entire episode is the Michael Michelson uh, interview yeah. behind the scenes. Speaking of that, we're up to the useless trivia section. Yeah. Uh, and there is this 20-minute, uh, I guess it's like an, a current affair style presentation yes. with yeah. Harry Shearer pl- playing Michael Michelson. Straight, and... straight, out of, straight out of The Simpsons. Yeah. It's straight out of The <laughs> Simpsons. Great. And some of that, you just get so much extra detail about the yeah. behind the scenes of the Truman Show right. within the show, not yeah. the real life. Um, we get tidbits like that his wife is richer than the Queen of England, yeah. which is ridiculous. <laughs> and they they said Oprah was the richest woman in the world. Was that ever a fact, or I, is that I, just like a Hollywood fact? I, I think it's a Hollywood. It doesn't fact. sound real. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he asks if she's if she's paid per sex scene. Yeah. And that raises all these questions about like yeah, like how does that work? Yeah. <laughs> because, and it's and it's obviously true that she is. Yeah, because she refuses to answer the question. Yeah. <laughs> um, there were five women picked to court uh truman yeah. and she kind of 
fisted her way into yeah. being that one by and we and we get a lot of one particular actress who was supposed to be one of them yeah. really disgruntled you know yeah. about how it worked out it's really 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 good yeah that's right and then as i said before marlon is he so it's marlon playing lewis or is it lewis playing marlon his best friend uh <laughs> Lewis he, playing Marlon? Yeah, either way. No, I think his friend's Lewis. Anyway, okay. he's, he's an alcoholic, as yeah. I said. Yes. Um, and on, on that subject of him being an alcoholic and um, that, that kind of darker idea, we have hinted at a few times the original script being a lot darker. And there's a few things here that are mentioned that went into that original script where there was apparently like a staged rape scene that yes. Truman witnessed. Yeah. And, you know, someone needs help and he ignores them doesn't help them and the actress and actor are just like oh well, that was weird yeah like why didn't he do something yeah um there was a, a, an angle where he was having an affair with a prostitute yes and like we said he, he has this such a, a white bread vanilla life that you, i can see an angle on this where they try and interject a bit of drama yeah into his life and they did that with his dad disappearing and that's kind of the only thing up until yeah in the original script it's yeah. truman who's an alcoholic right because that, he's true. so despairing and paranoid in his life yes. he, you know so yeah and it's like they're testing him to see how far he will go or what he will allow or not allow mm. you know ethically and he and he doesn't care about anything because he sort of doesn't believe anything is real it's a really interesting you know concept yeah, yeah. so i feel like there's a lot of territory there that you could work with if they were to to revisit it or if someone was to just rip it off yeah maybe, maybe, maybe we should just rip it off dj we should write a screenplay for this tv series we're, we're approach, approaching netflix soon yeah uh the steve buscemi spark plug award steve buscemi a real spark plug there's only one person that can go to and well it has to... i've got some nominees all right all right do let's, you want let's, let's uh, give it to him um philip baker hall he's another great character actor that yeah. guy he's the network executive yes that's like you're gonna kill him yeah um yeah. one of those guys that just pops up all the time that's the uh my favorite character from my favorite uh one-off character out of the out of uh seinfeld bookman book oh yeah <laughs> my, the, the library best, investigator the best the be, you know the greatest scene where you can see jerry just cracking up because yeah. he's so good in, in Seinfeld so good yeah uh, during your peepees and your wee wees and your like it's just the, anyway so great actor great actor uh, I mentioned Scully already I just wanted to mention him again because yeah. he's he is quite good like he's yeah. like oh he's so disappointed when they have the sex scenes and they cut to like yeah. they fade out the camera oh, you never see anything it's just a wind, the curtain blowing in the wind it's a, you know real disappointing again if it was made today it would be like you know now if you want to see the scene Pay yeah, exactly. uh, $15 and head over to this link exactly. on OnlyFans exactly. or something. Uh, Paul Giamatti, you know, I, I liked his, you know, he's not really in it until the last half yeah. an hour. And we and we feel for him straight away because he doesn't want to send the lightning in, but he's being forced yeah. to. Yeah, and, and he's yeah. like, I won't do it. Yeah. And then <laughs> Christoph like pushes him yeah. out of the way. <laughs> but it's weird seeing him with hair, I've decided. because he's just, so young in that. So used to uh, him on Billions. But I think Harry Shearer is the one that, is that who you were thinking of? I, I look, Harry's a close second. Okay, I've got to say Scully. I've got you to go Scully. I yeah. do. I, I only because he's the last scene in the movie. He's given the last True. line in the movie. 
you yeah, know, I, I guess Harry Shearer's role got cut down a lot. It's the deleted scene. If, yeah. the, if the deleted scene was part of the, the film, you yeah. might give it to him because yeah. he's he's great. He's got some really fun material. Oh, it's, in it, that. it's even great. The deleted scene is amazing, but even within the movie, what he does is phenomenal, mm. and it brings such a great understanding of the of the whole universe in such a great way. I don't know, but I just the garage attendants sitting there. Watching With the, the TV, and coffee. yeah, and then that they, they're given the last scene again. Scully is given the last scene of the Truman Show. <laughs> it me that's me that's so big to me. That's so big. Sure. Well, let's give it to Joel McKinnon Miller, Rahoo. aka Scully. <laughs> I'm sure he just gets Scully everywhere. Yeah, he yeah, goes yeah. That's all. There the is. man with the best flat top in the world. Absolutely. Straight out of a like gangster movie from the 40s or something. <laughs> Is The Truman Show still a good movie? I think it's amazing. Yeah. I think that if you haven't seen this, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast. But if you know someone that hasn't seen this, make them watch it. Definitely. It, it's worth re-watching if you haven't watched it for a long time. Yeah. Uh, it's worth thinking about a lot of these themes and topics we've been discussing. And yeah, check out the deleted scenes too because that adds a lot to it. And I'm even going to go and try and find like the ones that I haven't seen because... It, it, there's a few. Yeah, there's a few. There's different releases and stuff. Uh, it is a fantastic film. It's well worth a rewatch. And you might go, oh, I've seen it plenty of times. Trust me. Just just say, oh, look, I'm just going to watch the first 10 minutes and put it mm. on. And you'll blink and you'll be at the end of the film. It, it yeah. goes by so quick. It's it, it captivates you and it really rolls on at such a clip. It's amazing. My, my one little asterisk with this is... The greatest things you love, everyone will love about this film, The Truman Show. Go and seek out the work if you've never done it. And I know it's not comedy, and this is comedy rewind, but go seek out the work of Peter Weir, the director, the Australian director. Uh, he, you know, you might know him from uh, in Australia. He did uh, Picnic Hanging Rock. He did Gallipoli, The Year of Living Dangerously. Then he did Witness. With Harrison Ford, mm. phenomenal movie. Yeah. Mosquito Coast, very underrated film. Didn't make any money with Harrison Ford again, from adapted from an incredible book. Uh, really good. Then he had the mega hit of Dead Poet Society with Robin Williams. And it was on the strength of that that he was able to make uh, The Truman Show. Uh, he, had, he had done a over-the-top comedian in a dramatic role mm. in you know in setting up this universe he then went on to do he after after uh, you know before truman show uh, after dead poet society in 89 he did green card which is a great feel-good romantic comedy uh and fearless now no one has seen fearless no i never heard of it fearless <laughs> Is the movie he did before the Truman Show, and he makes it like he takes like five to ten years to make a movie. Peter Weir is not in any, you know. After Truman Show, he didn't make another film until Master and Commander, okay, in two thousand three, and then he made his last film, The Way Back, which is not a great movie at all. I really was so disappointed in twenty ten. He's in his seventies now. Mm. I, I don't, I don't know if we'll ever get another film from him. But trust me, uh, Fearless has got Jeff Bridges in it. And it would be in my top five films of all time. It's one of the greatest films uh, I've ever seen um, about a near-death experience, you know, and what fear can do to people. It's an amazing movie. Didn't make any money in the cinema. No one's ever heard of it. Uh, but if you watch all of Peter Weir's works, you get this thread through his work that 
you'll if you really appreciate the de- the depth of Truman Show, you'll love you'll love his other other films. Mm, okay. Just this bigging up my uh, fellow yeah. Australian. Sounds like Australian. you're working for him. Yeah, I, I, I love. He's one of my. He's one of my all-time favorite directors. He's amazing. Yeah. The Way Back is actually a movie I was watching before I came here. But, really, but the 2020 Way Back with Ben Affleck. Oh no, no, <laughs> no it's it's yeah. playing a basketball coach. No. like a, a raging alcoholic. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> Truman Show. That's it. Check out the deleted scenes. Check out Peter Weir. And uh, check out Comedy Rewind in your podcast service of choice as far as ratings and reviews. We want to get those five-star reviews up there, whether it's Podchase or whether it's Apple Podcasts. That's how you can help the show. Head over to the Patreon for 8-Bit if you want to kick in a few bucks to what we're doing here, which is patreon.com slash weare8bit. And as I mentioned before, the Manscaped code is 8-Bit, A-T-E-B-I-T. Woo! little freebie for you manscaped <laughs> uh dj where can people catch you on socials look uh dj pain dj p-a-i-n-e i am across everything uh probably these days instagram is my weapon of choice twitter's become a, a cesspool of political violence become? yeah well it's worse. always been pretty bad it's, it's always been pretty bad it's getting even worse uh so but you can find me on twitter you can find me on instagram um, DJ P-A-I-N-E pain with an E on the end and I would love a discussion about Peter Weir or the Truman Show or anything you want I'm your man very good and you can catch me on socials at Jono himself mostly on Twitter because I mostly have fun with it I stay away from the, the discourse it's fun to to not have conversations on, on platforms that aren't made for conversations <laughs> just, just give your opinion and, and let it sit there and, and, and leave it but uh, anyway for now dear listeners Thank you for joining us on Comedy Rewind. Be kind. And in case we don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.